as you approach your fantasy draft, you need to know the players to target. But it's equally as important to be crossing players off your board. These players are being overvalued and overhyped in 2023. And to be completely honest with you, you need to avoid them. Now, let's start with this running back who I was high on at one point, but no longer am. And that would be Isaiah Pacheco. And look, there's some new red flags that we have to discuss, but check this out. Pacheco now goes in round six. I liked him when he was in round seven and even sometimes fell into round eight. But in round six, he's going ahead of guys like Tyler Lockett and Deontay Johnson, as you can see on the screen. I just much rather have the different position of wide receiver here because Pacheco has major concerns. We can start with the fact that he doesn't have any cheat codes. And those cheat codes for a running back are your red zone usage and your targets. His red zone usage last year was fine. He was 25th in the NFL. He started to come on a little bit later in the season, but his targets just 14 total targets last year. And even worse, he had just 127 routes run last year. That breaks down to about seven and a half per game. The second fewest of any back with over 150 carries. Now there's two reasons for this lack of usage. Let's start with the first one. Jarek McKinnon is on the team and a better pass catcher. As you can see here, he is an elite running back in terms of receiving. He ranked fourth amongst all backs in yards per reception and eighth in yards per route run. And McKinnon was top 10 in receiving usage, seventh in running back routes and ninth in RB targets earned. And the Chiefs decided to bring him back. As compared to a previous video that I had, he was not yet re-signed with the team, but on May 1st, 2023, he re-signed for the team. Not a lot of money, just one year, $1.3 million, but he's going to be involved. And outside of a lack of targets, the other big concern for Isaiah Pacheco is this. Last year, Pacheco ranked 126th out of 148 running backs in pass blocking. That is his ability to actually protect Patrick Mahomes. Now, pass protection is a common struggle for rookies, but Pacheco was supposed to be good at this. And instead, he was alarmingly bad. Expect Kansas City not to risk putting him out there on third downs with Patrick Mahomes on the field. Now, one more thing. Isaiah Pacheco struggled to create yards on his own. Last year, yards created per touch, he was 46th in this metric. Now, you might be saying, oh, maybe it was the offensive line or the offense in general. No, 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 because McKinnon had no problems here. And when I say no problems, he had no problems at all. McKinnon last year ranked first in the NFL in yards created per touch in the same offense, behind the same offensive line, same coach, quarterback, all this stuff, same situation. He averaged 5.56 yards created per touch. He's a better playmaker than Pacheco. So I see the upside for Isaiah Pacheco. One, he was like a seventh or eighth rounder because he's playing in this offense, but there's enough red flags to avoid him in round six. Now, the next man up is Odell Beckham Jr., who is a great player in his career, but this year he is a major avoid because Odell currently goes in round nine of fantasy drafts. He's often taken ahead of guys like Elijah Moore in a similar range. And if we were to scroll a little bit more, you'd see Rashad Bateman he's taken ahead of and a lot more players that I would just much rather have like a Rondell Moore on the screen right now. Now, I think Odell goes too early for a lot of reasons. First off, he's going to be 31 years old this year coming off of his second ACL tear. And simply put, we haven't seen Odell play football in about 18 months. And the last time we saw him, he wasn't that great. Sure, Odell was solid in the Super Bowl, maybe on his way to being the MVP. But for that whole season, he ranked 77th in yards per route run. And not only that, he was 90th across every single wide receiver in yards after the catch that year. Translation is he struggled to consistently separate and produce after the catch. And now Odell is two years older with much more competition. You can see some of his competition here. There's Rashad Bateman, who should be the wide receiver one this year. He's currently on the PUP list, but expected to play week one. He was highly efficient before his injury last year. And then there's first round pick Zay Flowers, who was productive in college. And according to all the camp reports, looks better than Odell and all the other active receivers. Remember, Bateman is not active in Ravens camp right now. And of course, there's Mark Andrews, who is number two in tight end usage behind only Travis Kelsey the past three seasons. Now, there's one more thing I want to point out because it's a little bit concerning. Odell stated in an interview that this is probably going to be his final year, which to me makes me think, okay, maybe he has one foot out the door already where his true motivations lying compared to a rookie and a Zay Flowers and other guys on this team. So on his current draft position of the ninth round, just pass on him and this next guy. And that next guy is Brian Robinson, who again is somebody that I had interest in earlier in the year, but now he's in a 
point in drafts where I don't want him. Now, Robinson had a fine rookie season. In the second half of 2022, he averaged 21 touches, ranking seventh across all RBs. But there's more to this usage story and the heavy volume he got because his backfield was injured. We could start with JD McKissick, who in week eight, October 30th, suffered a neck injury, never returned, and is still not back playing football. And then there's a running back who was more involved than Antonio Gibson, who dealt with injuries. He fractured his foot on November 27th. So all this late season Brian Robinson usage is skewed because Antonio Gibson was limited by a fractured foot he was playing through. Now this led Robinson to just earn more touches, but he wasn't effective with that. Robinson averaged just four yards per touch his final seven games, ranking 43rd amongst all RBs. Now he finished 36th overall as a rookie in fantasy points per game, but this was despite playing in an offense in Washington that ran the fourth most rushing plays. And all the reports out of camp are that Washington wants to throw more with their new offensive coordinator and quarterback this year. And one more thing is Brian Robinson doesn't have the cheat codes. Last year, he was splitting red zone usage with an Antonio Gibson and some other backups. He was just 37th in red zone touches, and he had just 12 targets, 75th out of all RBs. But not only that, he saw just 68 total routes run, about five per game last year, which was dead last amongst all running backs with at least 150 carries. He only ran a route on about 19% of the plays last year, 70th amongst all running backs. He just has no passing game usage. And that passing game usage isn't going to come this year, even with JD McKissick on, because it already seems like in camp, Antonio Gibson is anticipating being in the JD McKissick role this year on third downs in the two minute drill. So Brian Robinson, if he falls maybe a round or two in your drafts is worthwhile, but right now you don't want him or this next back. And that next back is Dalvin Cook, who is as of this recording, still a free agent, but any second he's probably going to sign with the New York Jets because Cook currently goes in drafts as the 53rd overall player. He's going in like the middle of the fifth round as the 21st running back. And this is just far too early. All signs indeed point to Cook actually being taken by the Jets. You can see Adam Schefter here says it looks like he's going to be in his New York state of mind because this is what Cook said. He said, I think they are pretty high when somebody asked him on his chances of joining the Jets. Look, he's probably already going to sign by the time you're viewing this. Now, originally he was going to try and sign with the team, but they only offered him like $4 million. So maybe they offered him like five or six now. And in my opinion, five or $6 million doesn't incentivize the Jets to just use him as a workhorse back. I actually believe that he'll still be behind Brees Hall once Brees Hall is out there and ready, which should be week one, week two at the latest this season. Because let's not forget, Brees Hall is younger. He's entering his second year, much more explosive. Last year, he led the NFL in yards per touch. He led the NFL in juke rate, and he was second in breakaway run rate. His runs of 15 or more yards, according to player profile. Translation, he's extremely dynamic and efficient. And then there's Dalvin Cook, who last year was 30th in breakaway run rate. He did not have the same explosiveness. And he was just 37th overall as a rusher. And when you factor in his receiving game, he was 27th in a metric that Brees Hall was first in last year, his yards per touch. Now, of course, Dalvin Cook will be involved. He's a veteran. He's going to get paid some money. Aaron Rodgers likes him. But don't expect 15 to 20 touches a game. That'll probably be Brees Hall's role. Dalvin Cook maybe gets around 10. Because keep this in mind, Aaron Rodgers, as Adam Schefter tweets right here from Tom Palacero, he took a $35 million pay cut, which gave the Jets new money, which is the only reason why they're pursuing Cook. Otherwise, they didn't care to go get him. And don't forget that Dalvin Cook's shoulder is still a thing. His entire career, if you go back to 2014, he had a labrum pair. 2016, he had a labrum tear. You can keep going through this. 2019 and 2020 and 2022, even last year, he delocates it and tears his shoulder in 2021. This same shoulder has always been an issue, and now he's older, and the more hits mean way more injury risk. Believe it or not, Dalvin Cook is one of the most injury-prone running backs in the NFL heading into this year because of his past touches and that shoulder history. Now, I don't believe he should be going around a top 20 back where he'll probably get pushed up to once he signs with the Jets. As you can see in my player tiers right now, I have Dalvin Cook as the 31st overall running back. I'm way below the market. You just want to avoid him. And then avoid this next wide receiver who's always been reliable, but he's risky this season. And it pains me to say this because I love him, but Keenan Allen, the Chargers wide receiver, is an extremely risky pick. And he becomes even more risky when you realize that he's currently going in around three or four of drafts right now as the wide receiver 18 off the board.
Look, I get it. He's always someone who demands volume. He should be in a better offense this year. They have Kellen Moore there now. He's going to pass the ball. They have Justin Herbert still. But this trend of Keenan Allen the last three years is alarming. His ability to get open versus man coverage last year, he was just 99th in this metric. It is dropping off a cliff the past few years. And this trend only gets older as you age. And heading into this year, Keenan Allen is going to be 31 years old, which is normally where we see a completely fall off for receiver. And here's why this information is concerning. Allen has relied on heavy volume the past few years of his career. If you take away last year where he missed with injury, which is important that he missed seven games last year as an aging receiver. If we take that away and we just look at 21, 21 and after, look at his targets, 157, 147. We can keep scrolling. He's basically like over 150 every year for five straight years. He averaged exactly 150 targets per year. So the takeaway is that Allen relies on getting like 150 targets just to be a top 20 receiver, but now he's struggling to get open. So if we expect a lack of volume, we'll need to see red zone targets or downfield targets, but we've just never really seen that. Allen was 83rd in average target distance last year, and he has topped six touchdowns just one time since 2014. And if you're finding this content helpful, be sure to subscribe for more so you can smack around your fantasy friends. And not to mention, the Chargers just took a first-round wide receiver, Quentin Johnson, who I'm not the highest on overall, but he's still a first-round talent who will be involved in this offense. So stay away from Keenan Allen in that round three or round four turn and this next stud tight end. And there's no doubt about it, George Kittle is a stud. He is unbelievable in real life, but he's hard to like in fantasy. Because right now, Kittle is going in round five of fantasy drafts. And if I scrolled a little bit, you'd see he's going ahead of Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, Cam Akers. This is just far too early. Kittle doesn't have the same upside as these players because he's an elite blocker. And now here's what I mean by that. Last year, Kittle ranked third in the NFL amongst all tight end in blocking behind just Josh Oliver and Mark Andrews. And now when Kittle is blocking, it means he's running less routes. And if you're not running routes, it's harder to get targets and fantasy points. Kittle ran under 25 routes in 67% of his games last year, ranking outside the top 10 tight ends. And he benefited in a major way when Debo was out. In four games without Debo last year, he averaged over 20 fantasy points per game on six and a half targets per game, which is 81% more points and 30% more targets than when Debo was active. So it's hard to like Kittle when he's going to have to compete for a whole year now with Christian McCaffrey, just not half the year, for a whole year with Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. You're probably going to see less routes run out of George Kittle. So consider just waiting on the tight end position. You could probably find similar production in a couple of rounds later and then avoid this next RB. And that running back is Alexander Madison, who just flat out plain and simple is being overvalued and is not worth his price. Because since Dalvin Cook was released, Madison, as you might predict, has skyrocketed up draft boards. He's currently a fifth round pick ahead of some of the names we mentioned earlier, Christian Watson, Jerry, Judy, Cam Akers. This is too soon. And it's too soon because Madison has actually been bad the past two seasons. He ranks outside the top 50 running backs in yards per touch, and his receiving efficiency has dropped for three straight years. Now, let's clear one thing up that I'm seeing a lot of people talk about. A lot of people point to this. In the six games without Dalvin Cook in his career, Madison averages over 20 fantasy points, and he earns between his receptions and rush attempts about 23 touches per game. Now, this is great production, but there's a few issues here. First of all, a lot of this production was earlier in his career when he was more efficient. And secondly, those touches per game, about 23 touches per game, that is massive usage. It's 31% more than Dalvin Cook saw as a starter. So your takeaway is that this small sample isn't sustainable or reliable. So take Cam Akers instead and then avoid Madison's former teammate. And that former teammate is Adam Thielen, who now goes from Minnesota to the Carolina Panthers. Thielen currently goes in round 10 of fantasy drafts, which I think a lot of people are like, oh, that's already late enough. We might as well take a dart on him. No, no, no. Let's talk about this. In March during the free agency period, Thielen signed a three-year deal worth $25 million. Now that's a lot of money, especially for an older receiver, but only $14 million of that is guaranteed. They could easily get out of this contract in two years. So for the most part, it's probably like a $5 million a year contract, which is more average. It's like what DJ Shark signed this offseason compared to actually looking like an eight to $9 million contract. Now Thielen was brought in to be a veteran presence, but there's one issue here. He was not efficient last year. He was 88th in wide receiver efficiency and 78th 
eighth at earning targets. These were career worst for Thielen. Now, some of this makes sense because Thielen was 32 years old last year. And if we look at where his birthday is, August 22nd, he's going to be 33 when this season begins. Most wide receivers see this type of efficiency dip around 30 or 31, and Thielen is two years older than that. And he doesn't have the greatest current situation. For starters, he's switching teams, and now he has a rookie quarterback who he has no experience with, and the quarterback has no experience in this system. Now, here's an interesting tweet that I put out. If you're actually looking for an aging veteran on a new team who has a rookie quarterback, just target Robert Woods, who goes in round 20 of drafts, often undrafted, instead of 10th rounder Adam Thielen. So avoid Thielen, but make sure you get this next asset. And that asset is the fantasy blueprint, because if you want to win your league and take home a fantasy championship, this is for you. It'll have all the tools and analysis you need to do just that. Win your league. Like our top 255 rankings, you can see a player we talked about, Dalvin Cook. I have him 84th overall. That's 28 spots after where he currently goes, clearly in a void. Now, to get access to your 2023 blueprint, it's simple. You either click the link in the description below and follow those two simple steps or scan the QR code on the screen. And here's the thing. The blueprint is just $5 for the entire season. So not just for your draft, but weeks one through 17, all the way up to your fantasy championship. And if you don't make your fantasy playoffs, as you can see here, this is risk-free. I'll just refund that $5. I've worked hard to make this blueprint the best value in the fantasy industry. If you want to join the thousands of others who are currently using it, scan the QR code on the screen or click the link below. And then make sure you're avoiding Dallas Goddard or the Eagles, who look a great real-life tight end, just like George Kittle we talked about, but a bad option for fantasy this year. Goddard currently goes in round six of fantasy drafts, sometimes round five as the tight end six, the 68th overall player off the board, usually ahead of guys like Darren Waller, you can see on the screen. And if we scrolled a little bit more, he even goes ahead of Tyler Lockett. And we could keep on scrolling here. Alvin Kamara at the running back position. These guys I would just much rather have. Now, Goddard himself was efficient last year. He played in literally the second most efficient offense in the league. So it's not that hard to do that. But his target rate, how many times he was targeted per route? Just 14th amongst tight ends. And now this is due to playing next to two elite wide receivers, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown, who were both top 15 in wide receiver efficiency last year. And they were both top 20 at earning targets at the wide receiver position. So it's just tough competition here. And there's another issue. Goddard ran 25 plus routes in just 20% of his games last year, ranking outside the top 15 tight ends. There's a good chance that he's going to need to score some touchdowns to actually be a league winner for you this early in drafts. But the problem is he's just never really been a touchdown scorer. If you can see as we scroll through here, his career high is just five touchdowns. He's usually getting three or four touchdowns in his career. And now he has to compete with AJ Brown in the red zone and Jalen Hurts elite mobile upside in the red zone. It's also worth pointing out that the Eagles were the second most efficient offense last year, only behind the Kansas City Chiefs. So if they regress, even if they continue to be good as we expect, but they regress to like seventh, eighth, or ninth, that's going to hurt all the pieces in this offense. So nothing against Dallas Goddard in real life. He's one of the best tight ends. You could just find better value later in your drafts in like a Tether Higby or a Dalton Schultz. So pass on Dallas Goddard and also now his new brand new teammate, Rashad Penny, who goes in round nine. And not only does he go in round nine of fantasy drafts, but if I scroll a little bit here, he's actually going well ahead of right now elijah mitchell who goes like 15 to 20 picks later and i would just flat out rather have elijah mitchell because the eagles made no investment in rashad penny it's just a one-year deal with only six hundred thousand dollars in guaranteed money which is actually less than his own teammate boston scott got in guarantees this offseason and now this is important because it means the eagles aren't financially incentivized to use him they can easily replace him by somebody who is performing better maybe like you know deandre swift a player that they actually traded decent draft capital for in a fourth round pick and also last year swift was number eight in rushing efficiency and number two in yards per touch when you factor in his receiving ability so just overall a more efficient running back in the passing and rushing game than penny last year and it goes deeper than this because kenneth gainwell led the team in super bowl touches and obviously you still have jalen hurts the mobile quarterback back there and i'll leave you with this rashad penny in his career as we scroll through this he played just five games last year 10 3 9 13 has never played a full season and has missed over 50 percent of his career games so avoid penny and this next veteran receiver look i'll be honest with you 
I've been wanting to draft DJ more this offseason, but where he goes in drafts between round four and five is just far too early. Because now he joins the Bears, who ranked dead last in passing plays per game last year. They threw 10% less than any other team in the league. And here's what you should know. Mobile quarterbacks lower the ceiling of their wide receivers. And now DJ Moore is playing for the number one mobile quarterback from last year in Justin Fields, who led the NFL in rushing yards and rushing yards per game with 76.2. And another thing to point out is Fields was just 22nd in deep ball accuracy. And this matters because DJ Moore ranks top 10 in deep targets since 2020. He thrives off high volume and downfield usage. So the downfield usage might be a little bit shaky with Fields and that heavy volume. I don't really know where it's going to come from because Darnell Mooney, he only played 12 games last year, but only saw 61 targets. He led the team with just 5.1 targets per game, which would be a 27% drop from the volume that Moore saw last year. So when you're in this range in the draft, I just rather have a Jerry Judy or a Christian Watson instead. All right, now we go to the Saints backfield and here's the guys you want to avoid. It's just any backup running back on the Saints. Let's start with the veteran Jamal Williams. Look, Williams wasn't a good running back last year. He was just 54th on the ground as a rusher and 50th overall in yards per touch when you factor in his receiving usage. The only reason he finished as a top 20 running back was because of the touchdowns. The dude literally scored last year 17 total touchdowns, the second most in the NFL behind Austin Eckler. But 45% of Williams' points came off TDs, the most of any player. And to show how crazy this was, if you look at his career touchdown totals, 17 last year, his previous career high right here was just six. He had 11 more than his previous career high, and now he's on a brand new team, so don't expect this to continue. All right, and then there's the other backup in this Saints backfield, and that's going to be the rookie, Kendra Miller. Now, Miller in his final year at TCU was productive. His rushing yards about 1,400, his receiving yards over 100, so the easy math there, he had over 1,500 total yards and 17 touchdowns. And he's a fast player with solid size for maybe some red zone usage at 215 pounds. Now, here's some recent news. Miller was originally placed on the non-football injury list, but as you can see here, it seems like he has passed his physical so he should be ready to start partaking in practice but he hasn't yet as he's coming off of a meniscus surgery and mcl surgery so your takeaway is that as of this recording miller is still missing valuable reps in camp as a rookie and kamara is now expected to miss less time with a potential suspension so your takeaway is just target kamara instead because he's still a value at least for now and just avoid his backup now you want to make sure you're avoiding these players and you could do that on underdog fantasy right now where they have a ton of tournaments their big one their heavy hitter best ball mania has 15 million dollars in prizes the mastiff has 220,000. And then this one, I like the slow puppy, just a $5 entry with $500,000 in prizes. And best ball is great because you just have to draft your team and then never make any waivers or trades. It's just drafts and it takes your highest scoring players automatically. Now this is their heavy hitter tournament that we talked about earlier. It's the biggest fantasy football tournament ever with $3 million in prizes, best ball mania four. You can right now get a free deposit match. You put in a hundred, you get a hundred right back on underdog by clicking the link in the description below or scanning the QR code on the screen. All right. So these are 12 players who are overvalued you want to avoid in your drafts but if you want to see the seven players that you need to draft now in fantasy well check out this video right here and if you want to ensure that you win your fantasy league be sure to subscribe to this channel for all the information that will help you do just that this entire season